I'm your host, Matt Minky, and it's my pleasure today on Notably Texan to introduce you to Joshua Dylan Bayless. I appreciate you giving some time to Notably Texan today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be on the program. I wanted to learn kind of a little bit more about uh, your early life. I think you're originally from the Dallas area, right? I am, yeah. I was born and raised in Dallas, Texas. And I think you had a pretty early exposure to uh, music through your father, who knows a thing or two about uh, bands and the music life himself. Yes, um, that's true. Danny Bayless, uh, who's on the ticket there in Dallas, um, definitely informed me very early on. I think that was something that was important to him. And uh, some of my earliest musical memories are groups of CDs that he would burn for me. I think it was important to him that I had good taste. I wasn't just listening to Ricky Martin and Britney Spears, which I was also doing. Well, I mean, you know, that's forgivable. Everybody has their uh, embarrassing moments in music early in life. But uh, And your yeah. dad, of course, has been in, in multiple bands around the area and continues to be. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's um, doing great. And I think he's putting out a record with his um, soul band, Bastards of Soul. Yeah. Which is exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're, they're one of our favorites to play here on the show. And, of course, a whole other story about them. But we're focused on you today. So I did want to let people know about that connection uh, that you have uh, yeah. to music through your father. I believe your uh, grandmother, I think, was also a professional singer. Is that right? Yes. Actually, there's a song on the record about her called Grandmother. Um, yeah, she, she kind of uh, was a grand weaver of her own myth. So... Um, it's uh, interesting trying to go back and, and fact check the story of her life and her musical career, but I, I do know that she was on something called the Hayride Circuit as a backup singer for Patsy Cline and, and toured around the South um, with Elvis in his early days, which is cool. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, so you've got it in your blood for sure. <laughs> yeah. I think you kind of touched on this already, but you were raised uh, listening to a, a pretty diverse music palette, though, too, right? Yeah, I I think I was. I mean, I guess it was as diverse as anyone's. I, you know, on one hand, I had whatever whatever pop was on the radio that was coming through. I mean, like some of my early musical memories are ridiculous. It's 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 the Pokemon two thousand movie theme song, <laughs> and then it's uh, you know Coldplay. In the white stripes and everything, the strokes that were happening in the early thousands. So it's all in there, um, I hope, somewhere in the backlogs. But, <laughs> I would call know. that pretty diverse. <laughs> yeah. I think you uh, also started playing guitar at a pretty young age, didn't you? Yeah, when I was in third grade, um, my dad got me this red Fender Squire, and uh, it sat there in the corner for a few years and then uh once the teen angst started to settle in and introversion began to began to take over a new level of self-awareness i just sort of holed up in my room and i would noodle constantly um i remember having this tom petty anthology and starting to teach myself to play along and i was pretty much obsessed at that point and i've been doing whatever i can to support have it ever since nice so i think i think a lot of uh, people that that have a guitar at home can uh, can sympathize with that and understand because it just uh, it kind of starts to take over your thinking a little bit when you get into music like that <laughs> yeah it is it can definitely it borders on the obsessive but it's a good thing i guess there are worse things to be addicted to absolutely <laughs> 
So uh, you're you're coming out with new music now, but uh, you're you're not necessarily new to uh, to recording music because you did a uh, EP back in uh, 2016, I believe it was called Modern Gospel, and you were kind of still in your your young 20s. Uh, I, I think that was a fairly homegrown project that you did uh, back here in Texas, right? Yeah, it was. Um, I did it with a buddy of mine named Leland Cratcher um, out in Denton. And he took out a credit card to go pick up one of those Apple, it's like a $1,000 home studio kit. And we holed up in the bathroom for six months, and um, we were teaching ourselves to record um, as we recorded it. So um, that was my earliest bout. I put that EP out, and then uh, I think a combination of stage fright and nerves kind of got the best of me, and I... um, I decided that I wanted to go back into the studio to hide from the spotlight or the road if I could, and I ended up making an entirely new full band project that ultimately I had to scrap. Um, and after that, I felt like I'd wasted so much time, it was time to get serious, and that was sort of the impetus, the thrust behind We're on Fire. Um, moved out to Nashville and started tracking it, and here we are. So. It's not my first foray into recording, but in some ways, as far as pushing the product into the public and going out on the road in a, a real intentional way, this is sort of a debut. Right. Now, I know that that, uh, that Modern Gospel uh, EP is, is out there now. I, I noticed it was on Spotify, for instance. And I mean, it, uh, it stands up pretty well, I have to say, today. I, I understand that people get uh, a little nervous about uh, you know, trying to put out something for their first thing and thinking may maybe this isn't good enough, but uh, you might've been, you might've been beating yourself up a little too hard on that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I like the music and uh, I was proud of the way it came out, but one thing that I didn't anticipate as a dreamer in the closet who was dreaming up these songs was how I was going to react once I stepped on stage. And that was something I had to learn. It was a bit of a rude awakening immediately. Was, my, my reaction was physical. My knees would shake and my voice would lock up. And it took a lot of open mics and forcing myself, you know, to play through sweaty palms before that started to chip away. But at the same time, I just didn't really have any other options. There wasn't anything else that I wanted to do, so I had to kind of live up to that. But, yeah, I appreciate you saying that. I I want to leave that EP out. I still am proud of it. And uh, hopefully there are some songs on there that, you know, get revisited or get a little recognition in the future. Joshua Dylan Bayless is our guest here on Notably Texan. You eventually decided to uh, to leave home and uh, move out of state. I mean, was there a specific thing that kind of uh, made you want to pack up and, and try out different lands? Um, there wasn't. Um, I think for me it was more of a symbolic move than anything else. I had um, worked for two years on a record that ended up being too full of compromise and I'd scrapped it. And what I wanted more than anything was a, a fresh way to dedicate myself and a fresh start. And I think my life was in need of a sort of a grand gesture. And, you know, moving out to to Nashville was something that seemed exciting. It was a new horizon. I had started recording the record out here and was really amazed and pleased at how um, approachable the musicians and the studios were out here. I called LA and I called New York and, you know, those are great cities, but it's people were, it was a lot more difficult to get people's attention. And um, here in Nashville, which obviously has a great tradition of more 
uh, folk folk music and southern rock, which is where my lane tends to skew. Um, I was just excited. I needed a change, and uh, it's been great so far. And I would imagine you've, of course, got all this amazing inspiration and uh, all these talented people around you there in Music City. Yes, you do. You do. And um, it pushes you, you know, every single night. You go out there, and whether you're playing a show or around, and somebody's got some cut on the radio right now, um, it's just pressure. You know, it's there's there's more weight there, and when you've got that sort of sheer talent and energy around wrapped around the industry, it forces you to want to hold yourself up to a higher standard and stay busy and motivated, writing and you can do that anywhere, but for me, it seems to be happening here right now. That's great. I'm glad to hear that, and and surely you get to, you get a certain amount of cred uh, for being from Texas. I hope so. I I really I don't think I knew how proud I was of Texas until I left. I miss it all the time, and I swear every time I cross over the border, I can feel a shift. Um, it's funny. I love it. I miss Texas. I can't wait to come back and play some shows in in may that's a perfect segue into what i was about to ask you about because you just put out this song last month called stories which i think you kind of dedicated to the people that you miss back home yes i did um i was almost finished with the record or i thought i was finished with that with the record when i wrote that song um, at my apartment back in dallas um with everybody that i was leaving behind in mind and it ended up being the first track on the record bringing that song back home to people will be sweet. Um, and I really appreciate y'all spinning it. Oh, well, how could we not? It's such a great tune. And uh, as I was doing my research, I didn't realize that uh, that uh, your, your dad, Danny Bayless, is uh, playing bass on that. Yes, he flew out to Nashville. I wanted him to be on um, a couple tracks. And um, he played, played bass on three songs on the record. Um, he played bass on stories, played bass on a song called the long walk home and on a song called when you were mine he did great he's a really good bassist i have to say uh <laughs> he's my dad and i love him but he can play too the full album we're on fire is set to release on may 13th on state fair records out of dallas uh that album title is uh, more than just a metaphor as i understand it because you had kind of a harrowing real life experience a couple of years ago that inspired the album name would you tell me about that Sure. Um, I was living in an apartment building downtown. Uh, it was early one morning. I woke up. Um, I was just in my boxers brushing my teeth, and I started to hear a bunch of sirens. And I didn't notice it as anything unusual at first. When you're downtown, you hear sirens all the time. But before I knew it, it was like 30, 40 sirens. I thought, well, that's, that's strange. So I walked around the corner to go check out the window, and as soon as I stepped through the door frame. I saw that the windows were absolutely blacked, uh, and I couldn't see couldn't see outside of them. There was so much smoke, um, so I, I kind of panicked and uh, I threw on my clothes as fast as I could. I ran out to the hallway where I realized that the fire alarm had been going off for quite a while, but it's an older building, and two of the different sides of the building were combined. And uh, I was in the older half, and I thought, oh, my God, this has been going on for a long time. My side of the building's broken, and uh, I'm, I'm late. So I ran to the elevator. It had already been shut off, 
and um, I had to run over to the um, stairwell fire escape and ran down, ended up meeting three or four people on the way. We ran down to the bottom. The uh, fire department had to use the jaws of life to open up the gate at the street level where they did, and sure enough, when we were out there, there were probably 40 fire trucks and ambulances and cop cars who were trying to put out a fire that happened somewhere in the building. Um, and it scared me. And I spent a lot of time thinking about it. That's when I wrote this track, um, we're on fire. And then, uh, yeah, it ended up being the title track. I thought that it was a good, a good name for the song, but also was kind of speaking to the times we're living in certainly transformative. Um, times and uh, yeah, that's the story. Wow, the story of the song. <laughs> that's incredible. Was that back here in Texas? That was, yeah, that was in Dallas. Well, it's uh, incredible how uh, some of these things, you know, traumatic things, even like that in life, can kind of uh, give you a little wake up call, I guess, or give you a little push that you need, uh, or the inspiration that you need in this case. Yeah, they they definitely give you perspective. Um, so hopefully, I've made something useful from it. I hope the audience uh, listening enjoys it. <laughs> Well, uh, if the, you know the first couple of songs I've heard from it are any indication, I believe uh, that we will enjoy that. I, I think you just de- actually decided to revisit a couple of the songs from that uh, debut EP that we talked about earlier on the new record. Yes, I did. Um, my uh, uncle, my dad's brother Jim, helped me uh, pay for the recording sessions, and he uh, specifically requested those two songs. I think that they um, had personal significance to him and his wife. Those songs are The Long Walk Home, um, which has the line, unless you love, your life will pass you by. And I think he uh, spent a lot of time working in his younger years and um, came to that realization on his own and liked that song. And and then I guess he liked uh, When You Were Mine as well. So that was it. That was his condition. He was like, please, re-record these tracks. I said, okay, Jim, your wish is my command. (laughs) And... um, yeah, we, we dressed him up a little bit and um, had Dad come out and play some bass. Um, and I, I really think that they they breathe new life into it. The Long Walk Home especially feels uh, more fully realized than it did. So I'm grateful for his influence. Now, uh, this new collection of songs uh, kind of uh, hitting on, on several different genres, uh, it seems like. What's the easiest way, and I know artists hate to have to do this, but what's the easiest way to classify your sound? Gosh, that's the question right there. Um, you know, I'm not sure. I've got a friend out here who tells me that I'm I'm country Coldplay, but okay. I like I like to tell people that if you cross Neil Young and Radiohead, you'd have my my sound. You've got classic song structure, um, maybe with a little bit more modern instrumentation. <laughs> I like that. that. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. And I know it's honestly, it's just one of those necessary evils uh, that you have to put some kind of a stamp on the music so people know what they're looking at before they hear it, I guess. Yeah, I, I feel like people uh, on the outside are better doing it than than the person making it. You just become so blind to it. You really have no idea. You can let me know later on <laughs> what it is. Well, <laughs> I know you haven't had a chance to hear this program, but we're kind of a rarity uh 
where we we have torn down all the genre barriers and we're just focused on all music by Texas artists. So, I mean, we literally play anything from blues to jazz to country and western, uh, you know, maybe some, you know, pop electronica. You never know as long as it's something good by a Texan. Yeah, well, I love that. I won't have to worry about you guys not playing my music when I switch up the sound. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. Joshua Dylan Bayless is my guest on 88.9 KETR. Now, uh, Joshua, we're a, a listener-supported radio station here, which is, is part of why we can branch out and play all those different styles of music that I was describing, because it's harder to do that on the commercial stations. But I'm sure you're mm-hmm. going to find that uh, the, the non-commercial stations are, are the ones that give you all the attention uh, anyway. <laughs> but we, we love to hear from our guests about uh, how public radio kind of impacts their lives and why they believe it's uh, worth helping to thrive. Would you be willing to comment a little bit about that? Absolutely. Uh, first and foremost... It's a great way to discover music. Um, the people who play things that haven't been played before are courageous, and it takes that sort of risk to bring new, noteworthy music into the spotlight. Um, it's important right now that good music is made and that good music is heard. Um, nothing against pop radio, but you're not always going to be transformed by what you're hearing. So um, keeping things local, um, I think, ultimately translate to, translates to a stronger uh, universal community in the arts. And I appreciate what you all do. And I support you 100%. Thank you. A lot of artists that I talk to uh, don't necessarily even listen to that much uh, music on the side because they're too busy making their own. Do you even uh, listen to much radio these days? Um, I listen to radio whenever I'm in the car. I listen to local radio, mostly because I don't always have the discipline to seek out music. Um, I tend to find something that I love and fixate on that for a long period of time. So for me, drive time is all about discovery. We have the most powerful signal you can, 100,000 watts, but it won't quite reach Nashville. But uh, if you ever need some inspiration, uh, you can stream us at the website ktr.org. But I wish you could uh, check out what we're doing because that's what we're all about is music discovery. I'll be streaming you. I I definitely do stream you guys, and I will continue to. (laughs) Well, appreciate that, man. Well, uh, your new full-length album, We're on Fire, is uh, due out on uh, May 13th. Where can people uh, find your music? You can find my music... um, Anywhere that music is streamed, who knows? Maybe as the journey goes on, we'll be able to hear it on more commercial platforms too. But if you Google Google anything you like or Shazam it, it won't be hard to find. The last name is B-A-L-I-S for anybody that's maybe just finding out about you today. Uh, you're pretty easy to find. I, I don't think there's another Joshua Dylan Bayless out there. So, <laughs> Yeah, Bayless is a weird name. I don't know where that, where it really came from. Um, but yep, Bayless, B-A-L-I-S. Thank you for telling people that. I find myself having to spell that on the phone a lot. Yeah, understood. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, I know you're in Nashville, but I saw that, uh, you're going to be playing, uh, back home in Dallas on, uh, I believe it's May 27th. The boys and I are coming into town to play three links. Um, and then we're going to be back through Dallas on tour in June. So if you're not able to make it in May, we'll be back in the middle of summer. I hope you all can make it out. That's awesome, man. Maybe one of these times you're back down this way, we can, uh, we're about an hour northeast of Dallas here in Commerce, so maybe we can have you uh, root through here and we can meet in person one of these times. In a heartbeat. I'd love to. I'd love to play you guys something uh, new. I'm probably going to put a, 
another record out in the spring. And oh, nice. I, I need to test it out, get some opinions. Okay. Well, I'm a, I'm a willing uh, participant on that. <laughs> Awesome. Joshua, this has uh, really been a treat to to meet you, and uh, thanks for dedicating some time to Notably Texan today. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time to talk to me. I really do appreciate it. A reminder that if you'd like to seek him out online, that's Joshua Dillon, B-A-L-I-S, Bayless. And you can visit joshuabayless.com. And your support enables us to bring you these interviews on 88.9 KETR. Please do your part by clicking donate at KETR.org.